If you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Psalm 71, and I'm going to read um, just a few verses. I'm going to pick up from verse 15. So Psalm 71. Um, and I'm going to read from the ESV. And scripture says, my, my mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deeds of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. And I read again. My mouth will tell of your righteous acts, of your deed of salvation all the day. For their number is past my knowledge. With the mighty deeds of the Lord God, I will come. I will remind them of your righteousness, yours alone. And I just wanted to open up with that verse in terms of this is what's going to happen today. Um, Bruno and Alec are going to be um, testifying and declaring the righteous deeds of the Lord, of how he brought them into his marvelous kingdom, how he grants them this gift of salvation. And I just pray that um, if you are a believer in this room, this would um, encourage you and, and cause you to um, desire and hunger more of him. And if you're if you're not a believer today, I believe you're not here by chance. God is wooing you and I just want you to really have your heart open to see how God wooed these two people and brought them into his kingdom. So, I'm going to pray for Bruno and then I'm going to hand it over to him. So, Father Lord, again, I just want to exalt you and I just want to thank you, Lord. I just thank you for the boldness and obedience of Bruno, Father Lord. Father, I pray that you just Work mightily through him tonight, Lord, that he would be able to clarify, speak, speak with clarity when he, when he testifies of your goodness, Father, Lord. That, Father, it would, it would cause us to rejoice, Lord. It would cause us to praise your name, to lift you up, that you would be glorified in this place today, you and you alone. So, Father, I just pray that you anoint Bruno's lips, Father, Lord, and that you speak through him today, Lord, as well as the Lex. So, I just give you praise and I exalt you. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, yeah, I'm just going to pray as well. Um, yeah, Father, I just want to thank you so much for tonight, Lord. I just thank you for, for just how amazing you are, Lord, and for this opportunity, Lord. I thank you for these people that you bring here today, Lord. I just pray that you do through me what I cannot hear you do, Lord. That you just make me invisible, that <clears throat> people's eyes will be just so focused on you, and, and that you will be the complete focal point of today, Lord. I just pray that... You would encourage, bless, and edify the body of Christ today and bring closer the people that don't know you yet, Lord. So I just, I just thank you for this time and I just pray that your will be done. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Um, if you want to flick to Romans 3, chapter, yeah, Romans 3.10. I'm just going to read some scripture for you there before I begin. Just let me know when you're there. Romans 3.10 You there? <coughs> cool, I'm going to read it out. Um, As it is written, there is, none, there is none righteous, no, not one. There is, no one. there is none who understands. There is none who seeks after God. They have all turned aside. They have, all, they have together become unprofitable. There is none who does good, no, not one. Their throat is an open tomb. Their, with their tongue, with their tongues, they have ah, practiced deceit. The poison of asps is under their lips, <clears throat> whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to
to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. So I just open up with that, because I think it's, it's going to outline pretty much. Yeah, it's gonna, it's, my testimony will go side by side with that. Um, so going back to when I was, I guess, a child or earlier in my life. Um, so a bit about me. Um, but just for those of you who don't know, my name is Bruno. Um, I'm from Portugal. Um, so very, yeah, I grew up as as a Catholic, so a very Catholic family. And uh, yeah, I'd done what most Catholics would do. So I went to church. Um, to be honest, I thought myself as a pretty good kid. Um, always had good grades. You know, basically the way the way I saw myself was when I compared myself to other people, I was I was a very good person. Um, I didn't do anything majorly bad. Um, so I went to a Catholic church until I was about 14. So I heard some something about God. At least God was around. You know, yeah, I heard the word God quite a lot in my life um, and Jesus. But um, to be honest, I never really had my own personal relationship with him. It was just, you know, that that was it. It was just, I just heard about him, went to church. Um, and to be honest, a lot of the sermons at church, it was very repetitive. It was, it's, to me, it seemed like it was always the same. But um, I didn't really understand that, just, I was just young. Um, but yeah, so I stopped going to church when I was about 14. Um, reason being, um, I finished my confirmation, um, for those you who don't know, um, I'm not too sure how to explain it, but it's yeah, I done my confirmation, and then according to my parents, I didn't really have to go anymore. So we just all as a family stopped going. Uh, I guess that there was no point of going anymore. It's like you've you've passed. Um, whether yeah, I guess you've passed, but even then, there was like no guarantee of like going to heaven. But I guess I just wasn't needed in church anymore. Um, to be honest, most of the reasons I would go in the first place was just to, to speak to my friends that I'd made in church. But um, yeah, so so we so I stopped going to church. Um, thought my life was pretty good, to be honest. Um, growing up, uh, school was it was pretty good. Uh, I was getting fairly good grades. I wouldn't really ever get in trouble. So to be honest, yeah, everything everything was going well. Let me see. Um, So yeah, so before I kind of get really deep into it and how God called me, um, just let you guys to know that every single little detail that happened in my life, it was all planned by him in advance. I didn't realize at the time, but, you know, as I was going through all those things, I just saw my life getting worse and worse, and I was thinking, why? But um, how was I to know that I would get him at the end of it? So, um, so yeah, just starting off with it, so... When I was about 17 years old, um, I have a friend called Andre. Some of you guys may know him. Um, he's come a few times, but he's got a younger brother called Philip, who, who does come here quite often. So on his, well, he's one year older than me, so he, it was his 18th birthday. And um, on this birthday of his, um, there was this friend I met called Zach. So he became like a mutual friend. Uh, but this is just some backstory for it. Um, so yeah, in the meantime, so I, t- I turned 18, finished school, um, fairly decent grades, but I decided to take a gap year, so I was just just chilling at home. Um, eventually, I was, look- I was looking for work, but um, it was quite hard to find it. And uh, it was weird, because I had two friends from, from high school, and um, the idea was we'll all get the same job, we'll work for a year, um, and pretty much just you know carry on hanging out, 
like wouldn't say in German and go go to uni. Um, thing is, so one of them got this job at Marks and Spencers, and uh, he literally gave us both like a phone number to call, and uh, he said, you know, just call this number and you can, you guys will get a job as well. So I was like, yeah, cool. Um, I kind of just left it there in my room. Um, eventually, like, about three days later, I decided, oh, let me call it up because I saw my other friend. He called it and he got the job. So they were both working at Marks and Spencer. And uh, so when I called, they said the job's not available anymore. So I was like, okay. Um, so I carried on, you know, still looking for other jobs. So that plan kind of didn't fall through. Um, they're both working together, and I'm not. Um, so things started. Well, it was they weren't looking too good. But um, so I carried on looking for work. And there's there's this thing in a job center when you're unemployed for about six months, they send you on like this two-week intensive course. So depending on when you started being unemployed to the well to six months, those two weeks can be any time of the year. So God worked it so perfectly that I would be in this certain place, hearing a certain conversation in a specific two weeks of the year. So um, at this time, a lot of things were going through my mind. I started having a lot of questions. And um, I just thank God for the way he made me feel like that. But um, he was already preparing me. But um, I was just thinking of, like, why am I really here, to be honest? Because even though I was a good kid, and to be honest, compared to a lot of people, I would say I was a good person, everything seemed pointless. Like, what was... I just just wondered why I was here, to be honest. Like... I felt empty, like it was like something missing. And I seeked comfort in even like games, for example, playing PlayStation. But even that, it got to a point where if I was to take away the aspect of like being able to tell my friends what I'd done in the game, it's like all of a sudden that doesn't even mean anything. So it's like I was playing the games to impress other people. And it's like if you take, I guess, people away from it, it just, it just nothing, nothing made sense. Like, it, you know, why the way I looked at the world was, it to me is modern day slavery. So you had to work so hard just to survive, and to me, I didn't understand. So I was just filled with a lot of questions, and I just wanted to know why everything is the way it is. I didn't know God, so n- nothing made sense at all. Um, so I'm really wondering what I'm doing here, to be honest. Um, so yeah, going on from that. Um, so I, yeah, so about a year later now from that birthday party, um, I went to, because in the meantime I started, yeah, in that two-week period that I was telling you guys about, um, I overheard this conversation, and I won't develop it too much, but um, two people were talking about like Illuminati and whatever secret societies, um, so I started researching into it myself, things started to make a bit of sense, but um, God used that to help me to realize why they're doing what they're doing or whatever, and whether it's right or wrong, it doesn't really matter, but um, God used it, so glory to him. Uh, but I started to realize that they're trying to create a world without God, and I kind of started to see that. Like Everywhere I looked, it was just sin everywhere, and I, I didn't actually see any any good anywhere. Like Everywhere I looked, it was, it was just sin. I saw it in myself. I started seeing that, you know, it's just, yeah, even, even I, I was, like, I, I was just like them, even in thought. Like I might have not done the same things, but I would think the same things. And that was being honest, like in my own judgment of myself, I would think the same things that other people are like were doing. Um, so I started realizing that actually, yeah, I'm not as good as I think. And um, yeah, hold on. So yeah, um, where was I? So all of a sudden, um, so if if 
if they're trying to create a world that's without God, I started thinking, well, that would imply that God exists in that case. So I guess I've kind of heard about him, but I don't know him myself. So I thought for once, instead of actually listening to what other people tell me about him, let me actually see what it, you know, what the Bible says myself. Um, raised up as a Catholic, I just thought, yeah, so I just, I just read the Bible. And um, it was amazing. I started off in Genesis, but to be honest, I didn't really understand too much. So I kind of fast-forwarded it to, 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 to Jesus, to where, to where it talks about him. And um, it, was, it was just amazing. Um, I was just, all of a sudden things just started just popping out and I was like wow how come I've never been taught this before like how come no one's ever told me this like it's it's right here it's it's so simple so many people talk about God and like as if they know him but they've never told me this like it's, it's it was just I was so amazed so um certain scriptures that stood out for me was like John 14:6 that's when God really started speaking to me and it was, it was really deep and it was very personal but um, yeah, let me just flip to John 14:6 and read it out to you. You can do so also. So yeah, in John 14:6, Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and um, says, "Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me.' And um, to me, that really that really hit me hard, especially. Coming from the background I came from, I always assumed that I had to pray to saints and, and to Mary and, and other people. But um, all of a sudden, he just told me that I can go straight through Jesus. And um, it was only through Jesus that I can get to the Father. So all of a sudden, it was very clear that I didn't have to go anywhere else but to Jesus. And um, yeah, like so I, I carried on, I carried on. Trying, trying to to read more and and get to know who this who this Jesus of the Bible is, and um, later down the road, because I was with yeah me and my friend Zach, similar thing was happening to him side by side. So it was amazing how God was touching his life also and bringing people into his life. And um, in the meantime, he actually found a home church near where he lived. And um, yeah, some of you actually may know who who the guy is, but his name is so he's known by Uncle Mario. So um, it's actually a thing where Mary Mary used to go to as well. And um, Zach apparently had been going to this Bible study there for quite a while. Um, but I didn't really know anything about it. I just carried on trying to read. But yeah, in the meantime, um, yeah, eventually Zach, um, yeah, eventually Zach invited me to this Bible study. And um, yeah, I thought, yeah, let, let me go to this. And I was quite shocked, to be honest, because I never really read the Bible like that. But it was just it was over an hour and just one verse and it was uh Romans six twenty three. Um if Jenny wants to put it up. But um it was literally just, just one verse and it blew me away. Um it's probably my life verse. But I was, yeah, after this day, um after that Bible study I just knew like I even turned to my friend Zach and I was just like, you know, if I die today I know where I'm going. Like it was just so amazing. But um I tried to break down this verse for you guys if you want. Um so yeah, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So the way that it's broken down to me was, if you look at the verse, there's like three different parts of it. So if you was to compare the first two parts of it. So for the wages of sin is death, and then the second part, because it's got a but. It's got, 
but yeah, it's meant to say the free gift of God is eternal life. If you comp- if you compare those two verses, you realise that there's actually op- opposites. So wages is like it's something you do, like it's, it's what you deserve. Like you work hard, and your wages is, is what you deserve for for the work you've done. And then the sin is obviously anything anything that's against God is a sin. So if you look at it, free gift is the opposite of wages. Because free gift, you don't work for it. It's just it's a free gift. It's given to you. You don't deserve it, but it's just given. Um, so sin is an, it's anything that's against God. So that's the opposite of God. And then you've got death, which is the opposite of eternal life. And the way they were putting it, there's like two mountains. And on, on one, you had you know, the wages, you had sin, and you had death, all these bad things. And the other one, you had yeah, eternal life, God, and you had... Yeah, and it's a free gift. So you don't have to do anything to earn it. But then there's a really key part right at the end of it. It says, in Christ Jesus our Lord. So with those two mountains, like, they drew a bridge. And that bridge is Jesus. So like, and it's open to anyone. It's a free gift. So like, yeah, they they were bringing up other scriptures saying how, you know, God desires every man to be saved. And like, even if you're here tonight and you're not saved, like, he wants you to be saved also. Um... So yeah, like let me just I'll just give you guys a quick gospel. But basically we're all start off as sinners. It says that we're all children of wrath at the beginning. So if you don't know God, yeah. Just like myself, I was a child of wrath without really knowing it, even though I thought I was good. But um so we're all sinners and we can't be with God because of that. Like how can an imperfect person go into heaven? He won't be perfect anymore. So because we're sinners and God wants us anyways, he wants to have an intimate relationship with us. He sent his son Jesus Christ and he died and he rose again on the third day so that we can have that relationship he desires to have with us. So, so yeah, just like that verse says, that through Jesus Christ, we can go from all of those bad things into all those amazing, amazing things. And that message, like, really, it really hit me hard. And that day I, I left out there knowing that I had eternal life. And it was, it was literally as simple as that. I think Romans 10.9 says, anyone who confesses the Lord Jesus... And I will be saved. And um, that day, I, I knew I just confessed him. I just, I, yeah, I just accepted him as my Lord, and I just, I just knew it. And all of a sudden, I just felt so complete. Like all the things I would search for in my life, like to to complete myself or to feel fulfilled, they were just so empty. And and like the, the answer to all of it was was Jesus Christ. That's literally that He's all I needed. And um, after yeah, after having him even now, four four years and a half on, that's literally all I need. Um so yeah, praise to him and even even recently with you know, I've got a got a job now somehow and he's just done so much but even in the job I was thinking, you know, if I'm not here for him, there's literally no point in me even being here. Like there's no point in me even working in that place if I'm not even gonna be mentioning his name, so it's literally all, all thanks to him. And um, so, yeah, to just quick summary. So, I was empty, I was lost, but by the grace of God, I'm found. So, um, yeah, glory to God. Hope that made sense. Hello, one, two, yeah. Um, yeah, now, as Bruno was um, giving his testimony, I just wrote down a few notes, and I just want to I wanna give a short word just before Dedek comes on. So, if you would turn your 
Bibles to Matthew 7. <coughs> you lost there? Matthew 7, I'm going to pick up in verse 21. And it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and cast out demons in your name, and do mighty works in your name? And then, and then will I declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So this verse just popped into my mind when Bruno was talking about, in the sense of um, him growing up in the, in the Catholic Church, in the sense of the whole confirmation stuff. And my message to you today is, are you serving the right Jesus? Are you serving the right Jesus? See, um, he was saying that he, once he finished confirmation, once he, his parents assumed that he passed, he made it, they didn't need to go to church no more. And my, my message is to you that, listen, most, most nominal Christians, most um, Christians and believers that don't have a real passion and desire for the Lord, that don't really know him, only have the mindset that Jesus delivered them from hell. Failing to understand that the fact is Jesus delivered us from our sin, that we might have peace with God. And the failure to understand that, you walk around with the mindset of Jesus is for saving, but the world is for fun. And that's what we've seen with Bruno in his testimony in terms of the confirmation. I've now passed, me and God are cool, so I can now live the life I want to live the way I want it because me and God are cool, I've, I've done all that. But that's not the case, you need to understand that Jesus came to deliver you from your sin. That you might have peace with God. If you look within scripture, it shows us, what, as Bruno said in Romans, no one is righteous, no not one. No one seeks after God. And so, as I was saying within the Sunday, and I will probably say it over and over again within today, that sin is not the concept of doing something wrong or bad. Sin is the actual nature of man. And you also need to realize that if you keep on thinking that it's just the concept of doing something bad, that's why we fall into that trap of thinking that we're good people because we love to compare. And that's what Bruno was saying. He thought he was a good person because he, he had ticked all the boxes that the Catholic Church told him to do. So him and God were cool because he assumed he was a, a good person. He would look towards his, his neighbors or his, or his classmates and think, I'm better than them. I've got good grades. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. So I'm a good person. But the Bible says no one is righteous. Then it says no, not one for the people that were willing to argue it, argue their case. And the, the way that I do it is that I don't, need to, I don't need to throw scriptures at you. All I need to do is tell you is to lay your life down against the Ten Commandments. And you won't even get past one. It doesn't take, you don't have to break, you don't have to, you don't have to commit thousands of laws to be a criminal. You only need to do one bad thing and you're, and you're listed as a criminal. In terms, same way in regarding um, God's commandments. You break one commandment, you're a lawbreaker. You don't need to break all of them. So what you need to understand is that we're not good. And now, as Bruno has said, um, if you could bring up that verse, Jenny, um, was it Romans 6, the wages of sin? Yeah, if you could just bring up that verse. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So all of us, all of us deserve um, death because that's what we work towards. Everyone is a sinner, so that's all our wages, that's what's earned. 
That's what's earned. That's, that's what's due to us. But it says, but the, the, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the only way to receive that is to, to believe in Christ. And I don't want to, I need to really express that word believe. It's, believe is not just, you know, okay, I believe in you, but believe in this sense is laying your life down, understanding that He is your Lord and Savior. Not just Savior, but He is your Lord. So carry the mindset that Jesus was not just here to deliver you from hell. He was here to deliver you from your sin. So that you might have peace with God. Why would we have peace with God? Because we were born children of wrath. That's what we were born children of wrath. Everybody hated God. No one searched after God. No one seeked Him. Everyone hated Him. So there was this gap, as Bruno gave the example, um, wages, sin, death on one mountain. Um, free gift, eternal life, um, God, another mountain. To get to that, Jesus. So there was a gulf, there was a gap, and that gap was caused by sin. So, as I bring on the leg, I want to question you. Are you serving the right Jesus? This might not, might not just be in terms of confirmation, but in terms of, have you created another Jesus in your mind, in the sense of, you know, I've been baptized, I've been christened, so me and God are cool. Or, I do these religious acts, I feed the homeless, I do this, so me and God are cool. He wants relationship. He's not just your saviour, he's your Lord, so don't carry the mindset as Jesus is for saving and the world is for fun. Jesus is your Lord and saviour. So, as I do call on the leg, that's something that I really want you to think about. So I'll just open up in prayer. Oh, I'm closing prayer and I'll hand it over to the rec. Father Lord, I just again I just thank you for Bruno and I thank you for your saving grace, Lord, your saving grace. For you are God who is rich in grace and mercy, and scripture says that you've lavished it upon us. So I just thank you for how awesome you are and I and I just stand in awe that we get to refer to you as Abba Father. We were a people who hated you. And you rue us, Lord. You, you drew us closer to you. We wasn't looking for you, but you saved us. And not only that, you gave us peace. We now have peace with you and then you adopted us. That we could stand before a holy God. And call you Abba Father. So Father, I just bless your name and I exalt you. Father, I just lift up my sister, the elect to you, Lord. And Father, I pray that you also speak through her, Lord, that she would glorify your name and your name alone, Lord, that we would be able to rejoice with her, Father, Lord, about your saving grace, your mercy, that we would see your characteristics of your God that is slow to anger, that as Bruno did say, you do not delight in the death of the wicked, but you, you wish that they would repent and turn to you. So I just exalt you and I lift your name up, for you are holy. In Jesus' name I pray, Amen. That really excites me. Um, just to mention that we haven't actually spoken at all. We all did our bits. Just keep that in mind. So I just want to um, pray before I start, if that's all right. Lord, I thank you so much for what a glorious and wonderful God you are, Lord. Father, here I stand <coughs> testifying you and evidence, Lord, of how you exist and how you Still transform lives, Lord. Father, this is not just a story. This is my life. 
the life that you have called me to live, Lord, in you. And so, Lord, I pray you will just move powerfully. Do your work, Lord. Remove me out of the way, please. There's nothing I can give, Lord. It's you that we seek. It's you that we desire. So, Lord, take every single breath and my heart beat. And, um, Lord, take my nerves, whatever that may stop me from doing whatever you called me to do, Lord. May I just testify of your goodness today. And so, Lord, give me the words to say and just work through me um, right now. In your precious and mighty name, Jesus, I pray. Amen. Well, but most of you know that I'm Turkish. I was born in Turkey in um, 90s girl. And um, I had an older sister um, who died six months after she was born because she had a hole in her heart. And then I came, and then it was my little brother. So it was just um, a normal, well, a normal family, I suppose. Um, when I was two or three years old, my dad came into this country, and a lot of people in Turkey came here to work here and raise their money and send it to Turkey. So he came here and <clears throat> we were left with my mom. And it was, um, she found it very difficult. I don't know what had happened because by the grace of God, I forgot most of the things that had happened. But I know this, that um, when I was around five years old, my um my mom left us to come to this country and uh, she just said she was going downtown and never came back. And the reason she came into this country was because my mo- my dad had found someone and he got married. Although he was um, married to my mom, he got my stepmom who didn't know he was married and got married and you know, so my mom just left us in Turkey. And so I had to grow up very fast. From five years old, I didn't have my mom's warmth. I didn't have her, like, hugs. And, you know, I just had to grow up um, very fast. And in Turkey, we lived in the villages. So it was very much like we had a farm and we had our donkeys and horses and sheep and um, so the girls were expected to work, um, at work at home. So I started doing all the cleaning, helping out with the food from five years old. And um, so <clears throat> so I was very frightened. I didn't even, I couldn't make proper sentences. So it is actually a miracle that I can stand here in the confidence of my Lord. <clears throat> And um, I had nightmares all the time. I couldn't sleep at all. And it was just a very frightening time because I just didn't have anyone. And I had my brother who just got us in trouble all the time. Like, he was just so naughty. And so it uh, it was a very tough time, I suppose, to... Um, yeah, so, <coughs> so, um, 
while it was all going on, I had, um, they really struggled with my speech and my um, ability. To, I was just frightened of anything. If a pin dropped on the floor, I would get frightened and I would wake up at night screaming because of the nightmares I saw. And so they would do a whole load of things like um, I had Quran verses that they read and I had um, all sorts of things that never gave me that peace that I seeked and that just I was always so restless like there was something missing and we have like in Turkey they have like these evil eyes you probably see them in every single shop even here they're like everywhere and I had um, like they they took me to this um, place where this woman read some stuff which freaked me out even more actually so um, yeah so I just realized that there was nothing I just had to pretend that I would I would just be strong and just pretend that everything is fine and I'll just get through this because the things that they're doing is not necessarily helping me in any way and during this time my dad was trying to get us back into this country with my stepmom and <clears throat> they would um so we would always see our dad as our hero that we were going to one day go to him and we're going to you know we're going to be all fine and during that time we were going from one family to the next because um nobody wanted us basically we were just the orphans that were left behind and <clears throat> that people were just going from one place to the to the next and so through all that um my dad when i was 9 got his visa eventually so we came we got my stepmom came and to take us and she was very shocked about the way that we lived because none of our clothes were um what she expected she had been sending a lot of money to, for them to look after us and they hadn't both of our bodies were very weak and um, none of our clothes were actually um, new and they were, were worn for years and years so she was um, she wasn't favored by the family as you can imagine because she just really freaked out like how could you do this <coughs> um, so anyway when I came to this country when I was nine, um, we met our dad and we were like, this is it. This is the moment that we're waiting for all our, our lifetime and he's going to come and he's gonna, we're, everything's going to be fine and we're going to be a family. Until literally two weeks and he started hitting us and he was very, very abusive. To this, my stepmom bless her, she just couldn't understand it. She couldn't understand why he was being the way he was. And um, and my brother being so active, he, um, he just got us in trouble all the time. And I, as an older sister, I would always back him up. Um, so my stepmom, bless her heart, she just, she had it enough. So one day when I was about 11, 12, she um, took us. She said, we're going to go. And 
she took us to the, um, this is like 5 a.m. before my dad woke up. And she said, we're going to go to social services. I'm going to take you and everything is going to fine, be fine. And um, we're just going to go. So we went. We loved her very much. She looked after us more than my mom did and more than anyone has done, in fact. And so we went and... Of course, at this time, my dad phones the uh, police and saying, says that my kids have been kidnapped. So the police were looking for us and looking for him. And so we were in the social services, and they were like, well, my dad is saying that they, can't, they can't go to the stepmom. And my stepmom was saying, you know, they're, they're abused. You can see the body marks and, like, there's scars everywhere and... So um, they wanted to take us to foster care, which we then said, well, um, we didn't know anything about it. Foster care in Turkey is just something like that you avoid no matter what because of the stories that we heard. And so anyway, we just, um, they said um, at the end of it that we actually have a mom. Like my dad said, they actually have a mom. Like, she tried to beg my mom to come out. She had already been married and was expecting a child for um, a baby then. And so eventually um, she was persuaded to come. And we only stayed with her for a month because um, she had been um, really abusive too. But all that to say, we had been like going around in circles. So in the end, um, we just, I just went to, um, we had like these Kafka things that we had to um, go and report. And so we just told them that we'll, we'll go to our dad because we can't go to foster care. We heard terrible things. We can't go to our stepmom because she has no legal rights on us. And we can't, we just have to deal with our dad. So that's what we did. We. We gave them, we said that we want to go to our dad and we love him and all those things to Kafka. And so we moved back. And so even during this time, um, I stayed with him until I was 16. Um, we, We were going through a lot at the time and we had to go to school with bruises and he never hit our face, like, so that nobody sees but um, like it was just once that he did, and I went to school with a black eye, which then um, my head teacher just got furious and said, you know, it's all right, you don't have to be scared of it all. And at the time, I'm already so scared of everything, and I can hardly sleep, and, um, you know, it, it was just a very tough time, so... She even, like, invited my dad to come in and, like, really threatened him. Um, And he was, he took it, and he was very scared, and so he didn't uh, do anything else for, (coughs) for, like, a month. Um, He got drunk a lot, so he lost control a lot of the time, and he was pretty angry. So all that to say, when I was 16... Oh, during this time, by the way, I'm like always with, on the phone with my stepmom. She's always calling. She calls me, and I even had nightmares 
when I came here. When, um, so she would always send me to sleep. She would always be on the phone saying, you know, you can sleep. Like, you know, she would just wouldn't like it cost her so much. But um, yeah, and even if she couldn't, there was many nights that we just slept like crying and. Um, anyway, when when I was 16, I just had enough, and I called the police, like got some strength, and I said, enough is enough. So um, I called the police, and I said, well, we want to go to us, but mom, we're 16 now, we should be able to make that decision, so we did, and um, my brother was really excited to get into a police car, and they put on the sirens for us, and he was very excited, and um, so yeah. And, and on that day, we just went to um, our stepmom, and so I just helped her out with all her things. Like she had a language school that she taught in, um, and she worked from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night. Even in the weekends, she had shorter time, but she worked. Um, so she had very good, like very hardworking work ethics. And so I went to school and then in the evenings I would stay with her in the school and I would help her out because, to be honest, I just wanted to be close to her. I wanted to be um, around her and spend some time with her. So I would rather do my work with her than, um, than to be alone at home. <clears throat> so we did that and I was helping her and the business grew and like her school grew and so the the students had children and they all wanted me to do their work so I taught the children and then the children grew and you know the Turks have got so many um, kids everywhere so it was it didn't take much and so it was everything was just going um like very busy it was getting very busy and so we just um and my mom she, well I call her mom because she she um mothers me more um but so if I get the mix my mom didn't actually do anything in my life just so you know um so my stepmom just she had diabetes and she had been in coma and when you have diabetes, there are moments where you just can't control, like, your temper. You can't control what's going on. One minute you'll be, like, normal, and the next minute you'll be just screaming. And for somebody like me, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of just um, panic attacks, just a lot of... I was so scared of anything anyways, and everything reminded me of my dad and the times that I had. So I just, um, when she got, like, she would just live on coffee and cigarettes the whole day. And the worst was when she actually sent me to get her cigarettes and I'm like, I do want to bless you, but I'm just poisoning you here at the same time. So it was um, difficult really. Anyway, so <clears throat> so um, when I was coming up to 18, 17, her anger just became 
a big issue for all of us. Like every time she screamed, I didn't see the mom that I loved. I I saw my dad. I saw the people who um, treated me with abuse and and so I would just be so angry like inside and I would answer her back and I would just be so disrespectful and um, which caused her to be even more angrier because a girl should not um, answer back in any way and so we had a lot of arguments every single night we had arguments and I had my nightmare starting and <clears throat> and then there came a point when I was 18 he's, um, she said that's it I've had enough get out like you're leaving and so I, I said fine I'll go with my attitude as an 18 year old and um, so she gave me one month to leave during that time <clears throat> I was still going to like going to school and um and I had my teachers who were helping me out and at the time I was going to um art therapy and a psychologist because I um whatever was going on it all affected my um memory and by the grace of God I I lost most of my memory and I just have um I did, but I still had flashbacks, which um, which affected me a lot. And then my memory loss was affecting my school life. So they were just trying to help me as much as they could. So I had two teachers. It was Mrs. Pulford and um, Mrs. Walsby. Mrs. Walsby was my art therapy teacher and Mrs. Pulford was my... Um, head of year so both of them were just literally praying for me and at this time I didn't even know they were Christians um, but they had so much peace in their life that I was longing for all my life this restlessness this you know I just knew that I could go to them and ask for advice so um, later on like when I did become a believer they did say they were praying they had they were going to two different churches and both of their churches were like mega churches and they were all praying for me. You know, it was just like so insane. And um, the crazy part was when I actually started meeting some of them on the road and I was like, you know my life. <laughs> um, anyway, so I was, um, I was looking for a place to stay and as a Muslim girl, I was like, okay, this would mean I would have no family. This would mean I would um, maybe I will come back again when she had um, her diabetes were fine and um, and I so I asked all my Muslim friends, can I come and stay over at your house? To my all of them said um, it's better for you to stay at your parents' house. So it was all no's and then um, I was just went to Mrs. Pulford and I said to her like I don't. Like she was always giving me, like just keep, keep going, just keep, you'll be fine, and you know. And then um, I came to a point after a month um, of just frustrated. I just let go of everything. I said, enough is enough. Like God, I, 
literally sincerely believed God, like with all my heart. I read my Bible, I prayed, and uh, but I felt so empty, so restless within. And it came to a point where, you know, um, when you do something bad, God punishes you. And I started to be scared of God, and it was just so like... Is there any hope? Is there, like, enough is enough? Like, um, God, I, I literally, I was just on my knees and I said, God, I can't imagine living anymore. I've had, like, what have I done to deserve father or mother or, you know, all these things that won't happen. What did I do to deserve it? What are you punishing me like, what is it so bad that I've done? And and I've just, with all my heart, said to him, if you are real, then show me that you are real. Otherwise, there's no point of me living. And I knew that if he hadn't answered, the next day I would, um, I would have committed suicide because I really was at the point where I just could not imagine living anymore. So so the next day I go to school and the first person that I go to is Mrs. Pulford. She is just a wonderful English lady, by the way. And um, so I I told her, like, I haven't found anyone that I can to move out to and I can't imagine living there anymore. And she just saw how um, how broken I was and she, she said, why don't you ask Christine? Like, we had a big group of people in our um, school, so, but I've never thought of Christine. And later on, when she was saying that she always prayed and she would always think of Christine, but in her mind, she was Greek and I was Turkish. She was a Christian and I was a Muslim. And so... I was like, all right, you know, I've I've tried everything. Why not? So I um, so she called Christine in, and um, Christine was like, fine, you can come in today if you want to. She didn't even ask her parents, but you know, she was just confident that they were they would be fine. I was like, okay. So um, so Mrs. Pulford just helped me to move my things, and on that day, I've moved to um, Tony and Thalia's home and um, I moved on the same day but I brought danger with me like I wasn't I'm forever thankful for them for taking me like in because I don't know how how many people would actually take a girl who's just so broken and who's so um, just yeah (laughs) um so I brought danger with me, and they just didn't seem to care. They had peace, and like the first time I saw um, Valia, the mom, she um, she just like as soon as we walked in, she just gave me a huge hug, and oh, it was like, you know, it was like the hug that I really needed all these years since my mom left, and all, and then she went, you know, welcome home, and. She took me in, and she like it was strange. It was just so strange because there was peace in that house, and I didn't feel so anxious and so restless. 
um, so when the family came from work and they were like, you know, Tony spoke to me, he's the dad. He was like, this week you're here because of Jesus. Like we're not doing this out of charity, and you're here because God has, you know, allowed you, and you're here now. And then so um, while that was going on, he was like, well, um, since you are, since you are part of the family now, for I don't know how long you're gonna be. You have to come to church. Like you have to obey with our rules. This is the rules. Plus, on Sunday you have to come to church. Now, in my mind, I was like, fine. If that's what takes, I'll just go in there and I will just not listen. And I would, um, I'll just get on with it. You know, it wasn't a big deal. <clears throat> so even like through this time, I'm just watching in there every single. Action like they're actually reading their Bible and they're doing things that they say like it's just um, and they all seem to just trust in God like really it was unexplainable you know and <clears throat> so Sunday comes and I'm like that's it I'm not gonna listen I'm not gonna do anything and just gonna be and um, I went there with a judgmental attitude, like the clothes they were wearing, the um, the Bibles were on the floor. I was like, oh, that's a holy book, because we had, like in um, in Islam, you have to keep the the Quran so high up. And I was like, they had the, didn't you say the church started at 10:30? Oh, it's great timing. I was like, okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I was like, okay, so these people don't even respect God. Like, if it's important to you, you'll do it. If not, you'll just find, you know, you'll find an excuse. That was my attitude, and so I came with a judgmental attitude. I was just picking out every single thing that was wrong, and because they were only humans, everything was wrong. And so... um, but they all seemed to just have so much peace that I longed for. And <clears throat> so the worship began, and then they said, we have a special guest who was meant to come a few months ago, but um, she couldn't, and she she's with us now. And at this point before this, when I came into Tony and Thalia's house, and saw the peace that they had and before, just the day before, I said, God, if you're real, just show me you're real. In my mind, um, if you're born a Muslim, you die a Muslim. I'm Turkish, there's no way I will change my religion. And even right now, um, the people who are Christians in the population is like 0.089%. So I had not met a single Turkish Christian um, in my life, so I was like, "There's no way I'll be a Christian because, you know, I'm Turkish. There's no way a Turk can be a Christian." And so the the girl who was given her testimony was a Turkish Christian who um <laughs> who had um who was meant to come and she was uh, weeks ago and she just kept cancelling and came on that day and 
she was studying at a Bible college, and she had the most beautiful smile, and she, I was just so, like, is she for real? Is she really Turkishian? I couldn't even argue because, like, she had the same surname as me. We were in no way related. And, like, to this day, she's like, I can't believe you have the same surname. I'm from an Arab, you know, background, and you're from, like, this other tri like, this other generation. And it was just all from God. So I couldn't even say, you're not actually Turkish. You So God was just, like, really... He really moved, like every single thing I threw at him, he would just come back with an answer. And then her testimony was that she never understood the sacrifice that um, the, the Islam gave, and we had to give, um, we had to sacrifice a lamb or whatever. And um, she was like, I never knew what it was. And then somebody told me how Jesus was the perfect Lamb of God, that we didn't have to sacrifice no more, but um, he was the perfect Lamb of God that took away the sins of this world. And that just made sense. Um, before that, I, I was like, Jesus is just a man. He was just a prophet. But what she said just made sense. Um, anyway, so while I was um, going through all this, my dad like started to phone me. Um, at this point, my we had um, no contact with him because of the court cases. Um, he wasn't allowed near near me, and suddenly he had found my phone number and um, and he came to my school, and at the time. Um, we just, it was like, what's it called? Study leave when you're doing your A-levels and studying for your exams so you can be at home. So I wasn't, I wasn't even in school and didn't have to be in school. So I was just studying for my exams and he came to school and um, so my teacher just phones me up in a few minutes and said, they're like, your, your father is here. We told him that you're, you know, you're not here and we don't know what, when he will come but he's here like we sent him away but do you want to come so we can get a police down and see what we can do because he's legally not um, allowed to near you <coughs> so just before I left like Thalia and Christine just um, took the time to pray and like by the time by that time my dad phoned and he had my phone number and literally I was shaking. I was so afraid of him and he was just like um, like screaming on the phone. And in the end, he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm really, really sorry. Can you, can you just come and can we just meet up in this cafe and um, let's, let's just get things sorted. And um, by some strength, like, I said, no, I don't trust you anymore. And that is a huge thing for me to do because I never answered back and always had to obey his word. And um, anyway, so um, long story short, I go to my stepmom, like to my school with a police officer with my two teachers there. And, um, and all this time, like God is really moving. Like every single question I have, He's been um, like 
I can't be a Christian because I'm a Turk and he will bring somebody who's a Christian Turk and I'll be there. I'll, I'll say, no, this. And then he will just say, actually. And then it was just so, like, I just felt like I was being chased after in a most gentle way almost. Um, and then so when, so when, I was with the police officer. My phone started ringing again, and I didn't pick up because um, I thought it would be my dad. And then the um, the phone in the office rang, and it was actually the police looking for me. Long story short, after my dad couldn't find where I was, he goes to my mom's business, my stepmom's, and um, he starts to blame her for the things that have happened. And um, he has a knife, and um, he, yeah, my mom ends up being in the hospital. So the police are looking for me to see if I was okay. But I was already with another police officer, plus two, like, Christian teachers, and I was perfectly safe. And, like, I knew nothing was going to happen, and... Like, when the police just, like, told me, like, I just could not stop crying because I knew, like, God was really protecting me and I didn't need to be afraid anymore. And, you know, it was like, on top of that, both of my teachers knew exactly what they meant. That meant, and they were just sobbing. And, like, the poor police officer, she had no idea what was going on. So... Um, it was pretty cool, and so I just wanted to find out about this Jesus. That was that was just like he was showing himself so clearly, so mightily, that I just wanted to know him. And so I started reading the Gospel of Matthew. And um, if you have your Bibles, we can actually turn there, so you can just walk with me what had happened um, so I would just be reading this book and this is an amazing glorious book this Bible it's just like oh, it fills my heart every time like with joy <clears throat> so um, the first time I read it was about these um, people and I was just talking about Christ um born and then um, wise men and then the um, other things and every single time like the God was really preparing my heart and I knew that he um, like every time I read the Bible I knew that you know there was it just felt like somebody else was in the room and I've never had that while I was reading my Quran, like that's not by no means I'm um, I'm going to compare one religion to the next because that's just like comparing a live man to a man-made doll because there's like no point one is real and the other one is man-made. <clears throat> so, but at the time I didn't even know what um what it was. So it was just such a strange feeling like this. This Bible was just really speaking to me with every single word I read. Um, And like some of the things from Matthew 5, like he was just 
talking about um, so many things. Like in 21, he said, You have heard that um, it was said to those of you, You shall not murder. And like it was just like, You have heard this, but I'm telling you to do this. You have heard this. Like, you have heard um, in 27 that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman to lust for him has already committed adultery in her heart. And then the next verse is like 33, not the next verse, jump to 33. Again, you have heard that it... It was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oath to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, um, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by earth, for it is his footstool. So it was just like the things that I have learned from Islam, it was just crazy, like God was just, it was just like God was just like preparing me for this. And it's amazing how many, how many times he actually uses like your father in heaven, in Matthew. And it just blew my mind. It was like this father that I was seeking, like he was, he was going to be my father. And he was just like, as I was his child, he was telling me the things that I ought to do and the the things that I have been taught but the things that I ought to do too and like in um, like with my dad he never told us what was right and what was wrong you just found out when you got hit you know it was just really cool to just even even to have somebody actually tell you sit down and tell you about it and in like um, chapter 6 he was just uh, he was just talking about prayer and then he was about fasting like uh, fast to be seen only by God by 16 and in in Islam you you know when uh, when they're fasting like everybody in the world seems to know and it was just um, it, it just really opened my mind and everything every single question I had God was really moving to show me and then Cain chapter 7 and then his I'll just read the chapter because this chapter really changed my life and it says judge not that you are not judged and I was I was a very judgmental person still like one of my weaknesses I pray um, pray for and for with uh, sorry that's Matthew 7, verse 2, by the way. Just for with um, what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And uh, with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck of your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? That just, like, that just blew my mind, because, yeah, because um, I was so quick to just pick other people's um, mistakes just to see like it was as if God was just showing me you know you have a, a speck 
like you have a whole plank in your own eye, but it was just like showing somebody else. Like if you yawn, if somebody yawns, you just immediately yawn too. It was just like as if um, God was showing me some something that um, somebody else did, but I need to kind of change in my life. And um, and judgment was one of the one of the huge things that I had to I had to just pray for. And um, in verse seven, it goes on to saying like. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For for anyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. And what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? I was like, yeah. That's right, <laughs> you know, he will get, let alone leaving their children behind. And then goes on to saying, and if he asks for fish, will you give him a serpent? Now, those of you who know me, I don't eat fish because I was pranked with a serpent. And I was like, yeah, see, this is just like, <laughs> so I was just, every single verse was just like for me. And I kind of, um, yeah, and if then being evil, know how. If you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your uh, to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give you things who to those who ask Him? Therefore, whatever whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. And for it is the law. And the prophet, and then that just really changed my life because I was seeking and I wanted this peace that the Lord, like the the people around me had. And then He went on to saying, "Enter the enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction." And there are many who go by it, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. And then he um, goes on to saying um, about the false prophets, that you will know them by their fruit. And then 21, that changed my mind, and that Jeffrey just read, which I we never spoke about, by the way. Just 21. Not not everyone who call, who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven, many will say to me in in that day, Lord, Lord, have have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. And that blew my mind. And I knew this Jesus was real. You know, he just made himself so evident, so clear. And these verses that I've read was just pierced my heart. And at the time, I went back to Sedam, the Turkish girl who 
was in the Bible college and I told her about, you know, I just sat down and I was like, I'm actually lying to myself about God. This this Jesus is just like, he's showing himself so clearly with every single step that I take, with every single question that I bring, with every single argument, he brings something else. And I want to know him. I want to have, like, I want to know who this Jesus is. And so um, I, we just sat down and I just prayed, like, God, if I know that you're you're here and you're even um, listening to me now. I don't have to pray in a certain way, wash before I pray, or I know you're here and I know you hear me. Um, but I want to know you deeper and I want to have I want to know you I want to know this God this Jesus who's who gives peace and to who is just so glorious just like the Bible says I want to know him and I want to follow him just like um, in the previous chapters when the fishermen just, just left everything and followed him they didn't think about they didn't think about what is going to happen. They just left everything and followed. And it's like, what is it that they saw in Jesus that was just like, I want to follow. I want to follow Jesus. So said, you know what? It, Jesus, like, my here is my heart. It's been abused. It has been broken all these years. But um, I have nothing else to offer. So I gave my life to Christ. And at that point, the joy and the peace that filled my heart, the the peace that I was just even um, looking for all my life, it, it was like the heavens just opened. And my heart was just filled with the peace that I um, I was looking for. And I was very blessed. <coughs> Anyway, just just a very um, so I wrote my to my uh, mom and wrote a letter to her and said, you know, I have um, I became a Christian and to that she said, well, you always be known as my Muslim um, girl. Um, I will, I have nothing to do with you. And um, to which um, three years later it changed and um, now we do talk. Praise be to God. And um, and I had my, just before I just finish off, I just want to say about my baptism, which was like when when I went back to school, I went to speak to my uh, teacher. She was just like, she wasn't even shocked that I became a believer because she just knew um, she said, we've been praying for you. The whole church has been praying for you. <laughs> so it was pretty cool. And um, Yeah, so Mrs. Pulford, when I spoke to her, she was like, well, when are you going to get baptized? And I didn't know what that was. And 
um, I said, well, can you baptize me now? Like, I can get baptized right now. And she, she was like, well, how about you speak to your pastor? And so I was just nagging my pastor for, like, month, well, for weeks. And then eventually, just the next month, um, he hired the hall, and um, I got baptized. And in there, there were, we sang a song, and it said, like, about knowing you, Jesus. And it was just really the theme, like the what really stood out for me and the the song was I think I got it here somewhere, it was knowing you Jesus and it said all I want tell dear, build my life upon, all this world reveres and was to own all I want thought gain I counted loss spent and worthless now compared to this Knowing you, Jesus, knowing you, there is no greater thing. You're my all. You're the best. You're my joy, my righteousness, and I love you, Lord. Now my heart's desire is to know you more, to be found in you and know, known as yours, to possess by faith what I could not earn, all passing gift of your righteousness. Oh, to know the power of your risen life and to know you in your sufferings, to become like you in your death, my Lord. So with you to live and never die. And that pierced my heart. And my heart's desire was to know this Jesus. And to this day, I long to know my Lord and his ways. Even in Romans that we read, all the death of I'll read it now. It's like um, Romans 11:33. All the depths of the riches, both in the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has become his counselor? For who has first given to him, and it shall be repaid to him? For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. And um, so this was in my baptism. And I just got out of the water. And it was like mine. It's so hard to describe and put into words. But as I came out, I knew that part of me was put to death. And I was raised up again in Christ, and this was a new life. I was adopted, and I was just loved beyond what I deserved, beyond what I could imagine. And um, so I came out of the water, and everybody's just heading out um, outside. And um, my teacher, just while I was just speaking, she grabs my hand. This is like... She's so posh. I've never seen her so, like, excited. She grabs my hand and she's just like, I have something to show you and takes me outside. Now, the the, um, the outside car park, we, we could only see a bit of the sky. So, um, she's like, I have something to show you. And she took me outside and literally on the sky there was, like, this huge rainbow just... Like on top of it, we could just see it, and um, she was just so amazed by it. And I was like, "Yeah, that's really cool." 
And um, she said, well, do you know what that means? I said, what is it? She said, well, you know when God floods the earth, <coughs> he said, well, he put the um, he put the rainbow there just as a covenant between him and the earth. That was his promise for peace upon earth. And he said, the peace that you've been seeking all your life, that's God's promise that he will keep you and like he will never he will give you peace in your life and that just made me smile like I already knew that in my heart but I was just so I couldn't put it into words and that rainbow was for her more than it was for me because now she could just be like testify she was just so overjoyed and um yeah, she was just telling everyone, like, did you see the rainbow? And the cards that I was getting, and they were all had rainbows on them. And it was wonderful to see her, how excited how she was. And um, <clears throat> I just want to... <clears throat> so it was just really glorious. And one of the things that I really want to read before I finish, sorry. I never thought I would speak this much. Um... In Philippians 3, 7, when I came to Philippians, eventually I fall in love with like every single book of the Bible. And I'm just like, this is good. Um, 3, 7. So, but what things were again, um, what gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet indeed, I I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And that summed all, whatever I counted gain to me, I've counted loss because Christ is so much um, bigger and... It was just glorious. And in um, chapter 4, verse 6, while I was just reading it, it says, Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made to, made to, to God. Um, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guide your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And that just summed up everything, the peace that I had, which was so indescribable, so just out of this world that I was seeking for, and for God to come down, to die for my sins, not for my good, there is is no good, but to die for my sins, so that I can have a relationship with him. Oh, I wanted to know, and I, I... this isn't just what happened. This, I'm still continuing my life. 
praise God and I pray that I will just finish my race looking up onto Him and knowing Him more and more with each breath that I take, becoming like Him in every single step that I take. I'm going to get Jeffrey to come up and pray for us. Praise God. Isn't God good? Um, I know time is dawning on us, but I just want to say something for about five minutes and then get um, Tim and the worship team to just do one song. Um, Yeah, hearing Delek's testimony, all we know that God is willing to save, we see that God is willing to save in terms of her saying that, you know, she she was unaware of any other um, Turkish females that were, or Turkish people that were Christians. And she w- God put her in that position that, in that church and showed her so I'm telling you God is willing to save and I'm just going to take us through scripture um, just to prove that so if you quickly just flip to Ephesians 2 um, I, I heard it said like this that um, there's no good news until you hear the bad news God is willing to save oh man today was awesome man um, so yeah, I'm going to read real quickly. And it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sin in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work and the son of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passion of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So that's who we were. And then verse 4 is it's just amazing. It says, But God... Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them saints God is willing to save he is willing to save do you know how many people outside in the streets of London don't care that would go out and would preach the gospel but they don't want to pay attention they don't want to hear but you're sitting here today because God wooed you because he sought you out because he saves he's willing to save and with that case, I know most of you sitting here are believers. So what I want to encourage you is that if you look at verse 10, it says, For we are his workmanship, creating Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Listen, like the message that I preached on Sunday, God delights in his children. And don't think us, think you. God delights in you, the believer. He delights in you. And so just comprehend this, the King of Kings, the, the Sovereign God. The, the Lord who is sovereign over every atom, every, every cell in the universe delights in you. He delights in you. And this is why the author of Hebrew has such an urgency displayed within Hebrews 2 of not drifting away from this great salvation, not neglecting this great salvation. So as Tim does sing a few songs, I want us not to, usually I, I guess to respond in worship to what we've heard, but today I want us to rejoice. So I have a request if you could sing... Um, the song Peace, Joy, Righteousness and the Holy Spirit. The one I did earlier. 
Yeah. Um, that we would rejoice in this great salvation that we've been given, that we've been offered. That you would rejoice that we can run to the King of Kings as Abba Father. That we would rejoice in the testimonies that Bruno and Delek um, share today. That we, that we would rejoice in them testifying of the good works that the Lord has done in their life. That we could rejoice in the good work that the Lord has done in our life. Because all of us has a personal testimony, a personal story, a personal work that we're still walking on. That we're knowing that our God is the author and finisher of our faith. So as we rise together, let's, let's rejoice and let's celebrate this.